Hey there, and welcome to Above Board with Canderpath. I am Rich, and I am here with John. We are missing our friend Matt. It's not that we like lost him or anything. He's usually very easy to find. You just look for the best-looking guy in the room. But Matt's off doing some very important things right now. What's Matt doing, John? Do you have any idea? <laughs> I do. I do actually. He he. Um. So he's with his family today. So he's taking a, a much-needed family day, hanging with the kids. Um, we're all all on Thanksgiving break right now as we record this. So he, he's having a good time. And if you hear my kids screaming in the background, hey, so be it. And I'll, I live right I'll next door. To, and, I live, and I live right next door to John. So if you hear his kids screaming in the background, it's probably from my mic as well. <laughs> kids and dogs, you know, we can't we we can't keep it all down. Kids so hey, dogs, whatever. Kids and dogs. Fix it and post edit. That's right. So today we're gonna talk about Having an attitude of gratitude ain't just a platitude. I mean, do you know how long it took us to come up with that rhyme? But it's true. People talk about gratitude a lot. Well, actually, it's kind of an interesting thing, John, because I remember back in my day, I remember, you know, it was kind of something that people didn't talk about. And then if you did talk about it, it was kind of, you know, you were holding a crystal in one hand and kind of like, you know, a, a, a magic wand or some sage in the other hand. And people all just like laughed it off. They, and there's nothing wrong with crystal or sage. I love them both. But people just kind of laughed it off and thought it was some kind of magical thinking. Recently, on one of my social media posts that did very well and was about, you know, you know, positive thinking and, and taking ownership, I, I, somebody hurled at me the concept of toxic positivity. Now, toxic positivity, I am no expert on it. But toxic positivity is sort of along the lines to really minimize the explanation. I'm, I'm not going to go deep into this, so bear with me. It's sort of like, you heard what I said, right? Sort of like. It's sort of like someone is experiencing depression and you say to them, just think positive and just feel better about your life. That's sort of what toxic positivity is. It's really impossible when you do social media posts like I do that are not 27 minutes long to get into it. So I'm just kind of talking about in the moment or looking for the now or, you know, appreciating what you're experiencing or whatever. And so people just want to jump all over any sort of positive thinking or any sort of talk about gratitude. But, you know, science, when it gets all sciencey and stuff, is really figuring out that gratitude is a powerful thing. I mean, John, you've probably read articles on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's. I mean, it's on one hand, it's really interesting to to see you being accused of toxic positivity, especially like in a social media post where you're not speaking to like the specificity of someone's situation who's watching the video. So you know that that does seem silly. But I I have uh, been on the receiving end of I guess what you'd call toxic positivity. Just some of those like general like you know hey positive vibes only like and and you're and and it's not like it. It never frustrates me, but there are moments where it's like, all right, like you don't know, you don't know what I'm going through specifically. And just, you know, like the, the, the generality of, of just saying something like positive vibes only that, that can, I can see where people get frustrated with stuff like that when you're in a one-on-one -on -one group, like one-on-one -on -one conversation, not in a group. And someone just says like those generic things to you. I but, think, I think gra things like gratitude and positivity when someone is not in a good place, it's the last thing they want to hear about. You know, if your health isn't good, the last thing you want to hear about is Jackie just ran a, a marathon, you know, or if your kids are doing bad in school, people have a hard time hearing 
about somebody's kid who just got accepted into the National Junior Honor Society. I think a lot of times what happens when you're talking about anything that's in the positive realm or you're talking about anything that is uplifting or hopeful, it forces people to sort of hold up a mirror a little bit. And sometimes I think people don't, don't want to confront what they're dealing with, number one. Number mm -hmm. two, sometimes people don't want to treat or address what they're doing. So confront means admitting and then treat or address. So when people come at you and they're like, make a comment like, oh yeah, I guess my diagnosis of depression is going to go away if I'm just positive today and use positive words. It's like, no, bro, sis, that's not what I'm saying. Of course, I acknowledge that there's a disease process called depression where there's brain chemical changes and people sometimes require medication or therapy or a combination of both. But sometimes people want to hold on to their negativity as sort of a, I don't know, it's almost like a cloak. Like they want to wear it around themselves as if the rest of us have not been through bad things or hard times or difficulties. It's so funny because being on social media is such an eye opener because you realize our society as a whole not only reacts to sound bites, but then communicates in sound bites. And it's not an entire conversation. You know, if you say, Hey, here's some positive ways that you can talk to yourself. And then somebody comes at you about, oh yeah, I guess this is going to help my anxiety attack that I'm having today. It's, it, it's, I, I, I almost, you can't come, I mean, you could come back in a comment, but it's kind of useless, but it's like, who said that? Like you just made this yeah. assumption that I'm belittling or somebody, not me, just anybody is belittling the whole spectrum of, of mental health because you're making a comment about something that you can do as if saying, Hey, let's do push-ups. Let's try to do push-ups today. And somebody goes, I lost my arm in an accident. Nice. I guess I'll do push-ups today. <laughs> yeah. No, of course you can't, but you could do something else, you know? So, you know what I, you know what, why, uh, well, as you're saying this, no, uh, this, it, it kind of conjured up this thought. So my wife and I have been together for a long time. Um, we, we first, she's so lucky. She's she, really lucky. Well, I am, but we, we, you know, so we first met back in 2008. So I don't know, you do the math, how long that's been. And um, over the years, listen, I, I'm like a problem solver by nature. It's like, it's kind of how I'm wired, uh, you know? So when she's, uh, talking to me about something going on in her day, it could be work, could be whatever, like, it, you know, and my instinct for years has been to like problem solve it or, or, or like give her solutions. Like, Oh, you're dealing with this, do that. Oh, you're feeling like you're feeling tired. You know what helps when I'm feeling tired? Like I actually work out and working out like, you know, it increases endorphins and like, duh, you know, it's like, as, as I, when I'm, when I'm, we're having that conversation, I don't necessarily think of it, but as I look back in retrospect, it's like, yeah, of course she knows those things. Um, sometimes she just wants someone to listen. And, uh, I, I, I learned, uh, over the years, um, I, we don't exactly say it this way every time, but there, there are some times where I'm very direct when we're having a conversation. I'm like, Hey, is this like a, like, help me fix it and solve it conversation? Or is this like a, just like, let's listen and, and, and just, you know, just listen because sometimes people do just want to be heard. Um, so I, it's not, doesn't correlate specifically to like toxic positivity and what you're talking about, but I find myself doing that, you know, on the, on the giving end of like, but I've got, I've got information to help you. Let me help you solve it. And that's not what people always well, want. Right? Well, I think there's two lost arts that you just described. There's the lost art of listening, which we don't do anymore because we're in a society right now where it's what you say, it's what you're, <clears throat> how loudly you yell your political beliefs. 
how angry you can get at somebody that is the opposite of what you think or the opposite of what you vote or the opposite of what you pray. There's that lost art, the lost art of just listening. And then there's the lost art, I think, in our society of being direct. Um, and I think in relationships, I think in business, people are taken aback. I had a situation yesterday, which I won't get into detail because it's, it's you know, I don't want to call anybody out, but it was a person that did some work for me and there they didn't do some part of the work the way that I wanted it. And I was not there to kind of see the end product because I had a car issue. So had to go get my car fixed. And then when the person came to correct it, they were kind of a little upset with me saying, well, I finished this, everything was fine. And we had this whole back and forth conversation and I was super direct, not rude. And I'm like, Hey, if you don't want to fix it, you can go and I'll give you your check. We're good. And they were like, no, 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 no. And, and then there was this back and forth kind of conversation. And I realized he was not prepared for me to be direct and just say, Hey, okay, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Whereas other people have been like, okay, I'm sorry, you know, whatever. So I, I think there's a lot of that. So being direct and listening are two lost arts. Now we want to talk about that kind of concept as it relates to gratitude. And I think that people get taken aback when you're direct about gratitude, when you speak about it in a very direct, real way because they want to either laugh it off or minimize it or get offended by it because God knows people are looking for reasons to be offended these days. And on the other side of it, it's kind of like when people want to talk about what they're grateful for, do other people really want to listen to it? You know, their first reaction I've noticed in our society is to kind of laugh it off or make fun of it or, you know, do that kind of stuff, you know? So I want to talk about gratitude from the perspective of a, what it means to me, what it means to you and how to use it. And let's go just into that. And, you know, we know that on our podcast, we have people who have mastered the art of listening because they're listening right now. So that's good. So jump in, dive into the deep end. John I, yeah. I, well, I was going to ask, can I start? Because before the show, oh, this is called above board. So we're getting real honest here. So before the show, I looked you directly in the eye and I said, how do I say this without sounding arrogant? Like, how do I, how does this come off well? And, and cause we were talking about like Rich and I were talking about before the show, what we're grateful for. And one of the things besides like some of the obvious ones, like my kids and my family, which we'll talk about, um, I said to him, I'm grateful for my work ethic. And that's weird. Cause that's like, you know, if, if someone else were to hear that, they're like, yeah, okay. Okay, dude. Yeah, cool. You work so hard. Good for you. Good for you, bro. But the, but you know, and, and Rich said, well, what you're really grateful for is finding joy in the work that you do. And that is, that is the right way to say that. Um, but that is something that I'm grateful for that I think is, is that's like people re could receive that weird if I said it the wrong way. And they could because people because people want to, you know, I'm trying to think of how to articulate this, and I wish I would have thought this out before I started. I sprung the sentence, it on but... you. I sprung it on you. Well, no, but the, the reason I the reason I I thought of that when we were talking about what we're grateful for, it conjures up so many feelings. One, my kids get to see that you know what what hard work looks like, and I want them to develop that muscle, that discipline of you, you have to work hard to to attain something, to achieve a goal, what have you, and in anything in life. I mean, that is life is not easy and it's not given to you. And so I want them to see that. And they see that from both my wife and I, we both do work hard. Um, and on days that I don't feel like doing it, that I want to pack it in, I still get up or, you know, we're, we've talked about this before. Like I'm, 
I'm doing like the next phase of this whole like 75 hard challenge, which I know um, you and Matt are just super thrilled to hear me talk about 75 hard all the time, but I'm doing the next phase of it. I'm about halfway through it. And one of my goals is to wake up before 6am and that like, I, I, you know, it's difficult sometimes, but I get up and I do it. And uh, so it's one of those things like I, I do find, I just find joy in the process. Like it, for me, it's like the, the, the journey to getting there um, versus well, the accomplishment. So what, what, yeah. what, what I think, what I think about when I think about that is I think about the fact that that would bother anybody. Hmm. Why? So let's, I'll, I can analyze that very quickly with my PhD that I've never gotten in psychology. People get offended by that because they're not finding joy in what they do. And they want to rip into their job and rip into the, the monetary system or capitalism or whatever. I mean, the list is long, wide, and I can't even, nor do I care to go through it. But it reminds people of what they're dealing with. To have compassion, to be more compassionate about it, I would say, it, it causes people to reflect on things that are causing them pain. So it's easier to reject your joy than to accept their struggle. Ooh. So I'm going to say that again. It's easier for them to reject your joy than to accept their struggle. And I see that in our society all the time where people want to, excuse the term, kind of crap on somebody else's success or happiness. And it's not because they're not happy for that person. They may really deep down be happy for that person. It just reminds them that they're not where they want to be. And so then... I just think it, it just begs the question, you know, are, are you just going through life just, you know, pointing out how everybody else is doing so great and you're not, and they had this advantage and that advantage, or are you looking for ways that you can step into your success? And I think by you, by you doing some of the things that you do, there is a intention about it. You know, the, the, Wayne Dyer wrote a book called The Power of Intention. And I remember when I read it, it was at a very pivotal time in my life and it was absolutely life-changing. Dr. Wayne Dyer, absolutely life-changing. I would say I would put that book in the top three books of my life that woke me up. I bought it for people. I was talking about it. It was like I joined a cult for five minutes. I was like, you got to read this book. But I, I think that the the fact that you even have that kind of reluctance about saying like, how do I say I'm grateful for my work ethic? I don't want to sound arrogant. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, I made a joke. Like I said, it's kind of like the job interview equivalent when somebody goes, what are your faults? My faults are that I care too much. <laughs> but Always like, turn but, those you know, weaknesses that, into strengths, baby. That's right. But man, like who doesn't, who doesn't wish that that if they were going to do something with their life, if they were going to work, if they were going to bring something to our society or our world, who wouldn't want to feel, you know, passionate and joyful about it? And, and who wouldn't want to be like, man, I've, I, I love this. And I understand that there's people, God, I've had a million jobs. I don't even have time on a podcast yeah. to list all the jobs that I've had. Some of them I didn't like so much, so I get it. But I, I, I think that the fact that anybody would feel bad about being grateful for their work ethic or feel awkward about saying it is not a reflection upon it's not you. It's our society because our society shuns that our society shuns people that work hard because you know, you're, you're 
you're, you're, I don't know, you're materialistic or you're all you care about. Now I know John, so I can speak to this. I, I can speak to this. I do see John running with his AirPods on. And when I wait to say hi to him, he's actually doing a call <laughs> or walking his dog and he's doing a call or, you know, I mean, you're present though, when you play with your kids, because yeah. when you play with your kids, you're not doing calls, but I see you doing all of this stuff. So I would say for me, I am truly grateful for, and this is something that other people roll their eyes at as well. I'm really grateful that I have a good marriage and I, I I'm not saying that to kiss up or whatever. Cause you know, I, I just, I've seen so many examples in the last several years around me of people who just people that I've seen or met or whatever, social circle, not social circle. And I am so grateful that I don't experience what some of them experience, that I don't treat my significant other the way I see some other, oh, you just say it, men, it, it's them, men treating their significant other or vice versa or how the women do, how some relationships, how they talk to each other, how they fight and disagree. And I just... My marriage is not perfect. I'm not the perfect husband, but I would tell you that, you know, like my mom passed away last month. And so a lot of people that listen to our podcast might've noticed, you know, there was a podcast that I wasn't on and it was actually, I hate to say this, I think it's the best podcast we've done with David DeSalle, but. Oh, um, I'm going to mention him in a second. So I'm glad. Yeah. Keep going though. Okay. Well, me and him are now besties. Yeah. We've been texting. Actually, I've texted with him more than I've texted with you. So you're being bumped down on the list a little oh, bit. Man. I but, still want to be, um, am I in I your top it. five? That's all I care about. You're the average. You're in my top three. All right, all right. I only have two friends, so you're always going to be there. But I think David's moving into the friend. We're in the friend zone. <laughs> David. Hi, David. We're in the friend zone. But um, I, I, that was like one of my favorite podcasts that that we've done because I wasn't on it. So maybe that's why. But my mom passed away just last month. And so, you know, we're today's, you know, we're, we're, we're on Thanksgiving right now. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you that how much, you know, I've gone through with it and I'm still going through it. I'm still, I I'm kind of grieving in a different way than I grieved when my dad died when I was 23, that was more immediate and more overwhelming and more shocking. And this at 23 versus 54, I'm just carrying a whole other set of things. And the people around me, I don't think my friends and I don't think they get because I don't really show it. I'm one of these people that can laugh and smile and joke around and you're like, oh, he seems good. But then you don't really realize that I'm really not doing good, which is a scary part of my personality, I think. But um, Dawn has been such a rock for me and I don't know, nor do I want to imagine what this would have been like if I was single or if I was with somebody and she's not a like, poor baby, let me hug you. I mean, Dawn's a pretty tough woman and being a former ER nurse, you know, even if you get hurt, unless you've got blood squirting out of an artery, she's not going to be like, Oh my God, are you okay? You know, she's, she's tough, but man, I've really learned to be grateful for that and my kids. I mean, just the love that I feel in my home has helped me get through something that I'm still, you know, I mean, it's only been five or six weeks ago and I, I still am going through it 
And I think that that's what I'm grateful for. And I, and I realized that John, what you're grateful for with your work and what I'm grateful for in my marriage, this is also one of those things where maybe before the call, we would have said, how do we say this to not sound arrogant, but I don't care. You're grateful for your work ethic because you work at it. You work at your work ethic. And I'm grateful for my marriage because I work at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't just take it for granted. Well, I think it's great. Well, first, first of all, um, this is just a reminder to let Don know to tune in at the 16 minute mark so she can hear all the good things you say about her. Uh, but I, what I, what I like about everything that you said is finding gratitude in a difficult situation. I mean, part of, um, of, of grieving and dealing with loss, uh, there, obviously there's a number of steps. You can probably name the steps that people go through psychologically with the, but to be able to in that scenario, find gratitude out of that, uh, out of your family, out of your wife and the support she's provided to you, um, you know, throughout uh, the, the whole process, not only um, losing your mother, but, but before that, I mean, you were doing a lot of, a lot of work um, uh, and, and care, providing a lot of care for your mom and being there for her. So um, you're, you're, you're the man. And, and we, 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 as a neighbor and as a friend, we see those things and we love you guys because, no, and I appreciate that. And, you know, it's it's funny when you bring up finding gratitude in the bad things. Yeah. You know, my brothers and I, I have two older brothers who are amazing. And we've gotten a lot closer in this process. And I, like you and Matt, and if you if all ever listen to any of our older podcasts, especially from season one, we have a podcast where we all have this commonality where we've lost our dads at young ages, pretty much around the same age. I was 23, you were in your 20s, Matt was in his 20s. John, I still think you're in your 20s, at least you look like you are. <laughs> but I wish we all lost our dads in our 20s and I have two older brothers. They are 13 and 16 years older than me. And in this, I don't wanna get all like mushy and start crying and stuff, but you know, when you lose your dad at that age, you miss that, that relationship that any child, but I'll just come from the perspective of a son has where you have this figure in your life saying, you know, I'm proud of you, or you did an amazing job. And, you know, in the whole situation I've just gone through with my mom, it's not to say that my brothers have never said anything positive to me. They probably have, but both of them were very gracious about saying really, really kind things to me about taking care of my mom, like the physical stuff when I was there. And I don't, I am so grateful for that because it, it was something that helped me on a very deep emotional level. I think that we as human beings are forced to, I think it's fight or flight with, with things that happen that are negative in our lives. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just flight. You know, the, the bad things happen and they run and they go into denial and they don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to, and I even did it. Yeah. I don't want to say this. I might cry. Okay. Or you fight and you stay in it. So fight or flight, I'm using it in a different way. Fight means you stay in it. You deal with it. You immerse yourself. You work through it. Flight means you kind of blow it off and get away. Gratitude, I think, is part of how we fight. I think that how we survive the bad crap that happens to us, how we get through divorce how we get through neglect, how we get through abuse, how we get through difficulty, illness, loss, yeah. line them up, all the bad things. You get a Syrian refugee who survived it. 
you know, or you read Viktor Frankl's Meaning of Life, he talks about this. I think there is great power and an underestimated power in getting into the power of gratitude. I think it's an I think it's an underdeveloped skill. I don't think people think about gratitude as something that you know, you always hear that saying like, you know, are you someone who's glass half full or glass half empty? That that's something to be worked at to view things I from and a I've, yeah. Yeah, I've gotten to the point with that because I've heard that that saying so many times. You know what I say to people now? I'm neither. I'm just grateful I have a glass. Yeah. Not, no, honest to God, because whether it's half full or half empty is is a debate that can't, it's like the chicken and egg crap. Mm -hmm. So I just take it back to I'm grateful I have a glass. So you know, are you grateful that you know, I'm grateful I have a glass? Period. You know. Yeah, yeah. So so how do you find gratitude in a, in a situation like the one that you described? Like so, okay, for me, um, it's everything is like nothing nothing is by accident. That I, I feel like everything I do is very intentional. And uh, David DeSell, who we just talked about a second ago, had recommended years ago to Matt to get this thing called the Five Minute Journal. Have you heard of this, Rich? Yeah. Um, yeah and then of Matt recommended it to me. This is the beautiful the beauty of this ripple effect. Then Matt recommended it to me a few months ago, and I've been doing the Five Minute Journal daily, and it's truly just a um, a, a, a guided exercise of gratitude that creates intentionality around some positive thoughts. Even when I've had the, like what feels like the worst day, I'm forced to sit there and think like, what are three good things that happened to me today? And they could be something so simple, like I had a great cup of coffee, you know? And it, but, but that, that's the, the purpose of that is to develop some momentum uh, and, and exercising this muscle of gratitude, the way we exercise our bodies. And so how do you do that? Cause, cause again, for me, it's a, it's a learned skill that I have to work at. Everything's intentional. These things don't happen to me by accident that I can have a, you know, a mental positive state of gratitude, but how, how have you worked at that? Yeah, same. I, I am looking right now. I mean, I, I, I know for some people, if we put this on our YouTube channel, you can see, but I can literally reach over here and grab three journals that are full from, from the years. You know, and, and I, you know, look, I mean, wow. So yours isn't the five minute journal. It's like the, like the hour journal, but still you do it. You journal. Is the I point. do three things every day of my life. When What's I that? open my eyes, I immediately say, what am I grateful for right now? Oh. Sometimes they're the same things. Sometimes cool. they're basic, but that's, I open my eyes and I say like this morning, I said, I am grateful. I had a good night's sleep. I am grateful that I hear Ava laughing, my daughter laughing, so I could hear her laughing in her room because she gets up early. And um, I said, I am grateful for my health because I have had some friends recently who have gotten sick. Just simple, nothing, nothing like I'm grateful for you know Psalm seventeen twenty two. I mean, it's I just that's what I do. Second thing I do is I journal every single morning, and I have for many many years. I've, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six journals to my right. And I just picked up those three. Some of them are full. Some of them are half full. Sometimes it's, and I write down, I journal my feelings and what I'm dealing and then I dealing with, and then I write down what I'm grateful for when I speak, which I do for a living. I've spoken about gratitude for people in healthcare, for people in education. It is such a powerful 
tool. Mm. And the other thing that I do is I'm very self-aware and I know when I'm not in a good mental state or in a good mood. And when I'm not in a good mental state or a good mood and I go, oh, mental state and mood is not good right now, I go right to gratitude. Well, what is good right now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm pissy. I mean, I'm no freaking guru. I'm no freaking like highly evolved person who's moving on to the ethereal level. I mean, I'm not. So sometimes I go, I mean, I have a car. Yeah. A lot of people, billions of people in the world don't have a car. Yeah. I have air conditioning in my car. I mean, I'll literally go sometimes to that. So that's some of the things that I do. And here's the other thing that I do. I believe strongly and come at me, bro. I mean, I know you're in agree, but some people might not. I'm ready. Let's do this. You're going to agree. I think you have to have a spiritual practice of some sort. Mm. I think that spiritual practice does not have to be religion. It does not have to be connected to that. I, 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 it can be. Mine is often. But I think you have to do something that connects you to this other part of us. You know, the, the, I guess it could be also another platitude is that we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, but we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I've often reflected on that. Um, I don't know if Ram Das said that. I don't remember who said that. Could have been Gandhi. I don't know, but somebody way smarter than me. And I've come to realize that when I have these moments of now, which I had yesterday, I was sitting on my patio staring at at your house because that's what I was seeing was your hedges, which are beautiful, by the way. They did a nice job when they just trimmed them. Um, I was looking, I was drinking coffee and Ava was riding her scooter on the patio. And for a solid 42 seconds, I was not worrying about the future. I was not agonizing over the past, but I was firmly in this magical thing called the now. Eckhart Tolle wrote the book, you know, um, is it the power of now? Oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Eckhart Tolle, the power of now. I can't remember. I have to look it up. But I was in this moment that Buddhists, Christians, Hindus, you know, people of practice faiths, you know, I was in the moment. It was very brief, but I just felt very peaceful. <laughs> and I never feel I something that I have to confess on this podcast, and it's a little embarrassing to say because, you know, I don't think that I often feel peaceful. I, I rarely have a sense of peace. And I don't know if it's because of the traumas of, of stuff that I've dealt with and so I, I don't know, but I rarely feel just like at peace. And I felt so peaceful. And as I felt myself coming out of it, I could hear myself saying, no, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. Like waking up from like the most amazing dream you've ever had, you know? And I, I just think that having these moments now where I work at meditation and mindfulness and being present and just focusing on my breathing, being a guy with ADD and all this kind of stuff, it's very difficult. But that helps me because it brings me back to having the ability of being present. You can't be grateful if you're not present. You cannot be grateful if you are not present. Here's something that people often say, and I think it's another platitude. And it, it drives me a little nuts. Like sometimes I'll get comments even on my 
social media, you know, stuff where it'll, somebody will say where, I don't know, I'll talk about gratitude or I'll talk about mindfulness or I'll talk about whatever. And they'll say easier said than done. And you know, like what's not easier to say than to do everything is right. Be a billionaire easier said than done, right? You know, get into shape easier said than done, have a happy marriage easier said than done. So I think I understand that some of these things that we're talking about are quote, easier said than done. You know, some people might be in prison right now, or some people might be going through a very difficult time or going through chemo or going through, like I am going through the loss of a loved one or going through job struggles or going through a divorce or going through their children struggling. And then somebody talks to them about gratitude and, you know, somebody might say easier said than done. Um, that's true of anything. Everything's easier to say than to do. Hey, Rich, do you know what I'm grateful for? What are you grateful I'm for? I'm grateful for high-speed internet and that even though sometimes the internet goes out, I'm also grateful for you and your ability to talk through the storm. Um, so folks, my internet went out for a moment, but Rich absolutely crushed it and I'm back now. And so what, what I'd like to say um, as it relates to everything you were talking about. So what's, what I think is really fascinating, Rich, is that like without the book, you know, this, this five minute journal book that you're able to practice those things. Like I I'm having to learn to remind, cause that's like the first step of the book. You open it up and it says, name three things that you're grateful for. That is the first thing that you're, and, and the, there's like a little, um, uh, an intro that you read. Uh, that talks about how to use the book, how to you know properly you know uh, use it. And for me, what I've decided to do is the first, like I open my eyes, I grab the book. I don't turn the light on because that would be mean to Jackie, my wife. But I grab the book, I walk out in the dining room, and I I write those three things down. And then right before bed, I do what you know three things that have ha that happened to me that I'm grateful for. Um, so I think that that's really that's cool that you that you practice that. I, again, I'm still learning to do that through the use of this book, but. Um, it's probably by no coincidence or accident that you do that and that this book is teaching others to do that. Well, you know, it sounds like it, it sounds amazing. And for me, I have to be clear about something though. It comes from brokenness. It does not come from being um, this happy, positive light of the world that runs around blessing everybody with my happiness and joy. <clears throat> it actually comes from realizing that it's a struggle for me mm -hmm. and realizing that it's not my natural state. And so I do it as a practice, like somebody does fitness or like an al alcoholic avoids alcohol or, you know, goes into treatment or, you know, somebody who struggles with their weight, watches what they eat. I do it because I know that if I don't do it, I will go into a bad place. And that's the truth. Whether, whether that sounds, you know, deep or dark or whatever, I don't care. That's just the truth. I do it because if I don't do it, I don't like who I am. It's just a good mental exercise. It's like saying, you know, it's so easy for me to, to equate that back to like actually physically working out where you're trying to develop the skill you, or you want to be stronger or faster or lose weight or whatever. Those things don't happen by accident. You have to be intentional and you're doing the same thing with this, with this, attitude of gratitude and actually practicing. What's cool is that you practice what you preach. Like we've spent this show talking about what it means to be grateful and you illustrated 
a really difficult time that's happened to you recently and where you went with it. And it's where you go because I know you. Like, this isn't like you were just saying this on this show. Like, I mean, I, I live right next door to you. I see you. I see how you are. I, I, I see you in the, in the small moments and in the big moments in life. So um, it really is who you are. I think it's, I think it's, 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 this is an awesome message at Thanksgiving time for folks that are listening to the show. I, well, first of all, thank you. Some, some of that got, I think your internet went a little oh, cool. on a Good. couple of the things you were saying, but hopefully it'll come through, but um, I caught the last part of it. So thank you. And um I would just sit, let everybody know as we as we wrap up on this Thanksgiving, just because something's hard to see doesn't mean it's not there. There are times you're driving down a road and it could be very, very foggy. And what do we do when we're driving down that road in our cars is we put on our fog lights or we have our high beams on or whatever you do. And we take caution and we proceed thoughtfully because we don't know if there's a truck up ahead that's stopped in the middle of the road or traffic that's slowing down just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So the same is when you are in the fogs and the clouds of your life, that when you are having difficulty and suffering and pain and loss, just because you can't see the good doesn't mean that it is not there. That's what it means. So as we celebrate Thanksgiving, and I hope you are celebrating it, and I hope you are surrounded by somebody that you care about, or you're able to do something good or something positive, um, look for what you're grateful for. Even in the cloudy days, it's there. Make sure that you go deep and look inside yourself, because even when you are hurting, even when you are going through difficult times, there is good to be found within you. Take care of yourself. Take care of those that love you. Take care of those around you. Take care of total strangers. Try to be more kind in this world. Give somebody a reason to be grateful. Be the reason that somebody is grateful today. So we want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, and we want to be very grateful and in, a, in an attitude of gratitude for having you listen to our podcast. Um, it's humbling to see how many people have downloaded and listened to it. So on behalf of John, Matt, and myself, we are grateful for you. We love you, and we hope that you will share, like, and comment on this podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are grateful here at Above Board with Candor Pie. You take care of yourself.